Good morning, and welcome to worship at First United Methodist. Um, it is good to see all of you gathered here this day and know that there are many of you worshiping with us online. There's a lot going on this week at church. It's a meeting week and fall festival week. And if you want to learn more about what's happening, there is a QR code in your weekly news. I suggest you pick this up and you can find out about all things First United Methodist. And speaking of fall festival, Miss Catherine has a word to say to you about all that's going on this week. Good morning. My name is Catherine Barnes. I'm the director of children's ministries here at Gadsden First. This week, as Pastor Sherry was saying, is our fall festival week. We have fall festival this Wednesday, October 25th. Um, this Wednesday, October 25th from 5 to 7. We will be setting up starting at noon, so we need some volunteers um, to help us set up from noon till about 4. I come to you to tell you that we would love for you to volunteer um, throughout the event. We have several opportunities. You can serve food. You can um, greet people. You can work stations and greet children and say hello. Um, and you can also help set up and take down. If you are tired or don't want to get out or don't um, are unable to come to the fall festival, you are invited to um, donate. We need uh, individualized, individually wrapped candy, um, and we also need cupcakes for our cupcake walk. If you would like to serve and would like to um, work the fall festival, I have a sheet for you to sign up. If you are online and you would like to serve, if you would like to make a comment, I'll write your name down, um, and we welcome you to come on Wednesday, this Wednesday at five o'clock. Thank you very much. Thank you, Catherine. As we prepare ourselves for worship and go into our time of prayer, after I finish praying, uh, Bob Blunt will come forward and have a word about generosity. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, it is a joy to be in your house today, to connect with you and connect with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I just pray your blessings upon our time of worship. May we be renewed and equipped to be your saints in this world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Bob? Um. God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Did you know that God can do not only new things in the present through your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, but also in the future too? Today's theme for Generosity New Beginnings is investment. All that we do in discipleship is an investment in what Jesus is doing. Today you're asked to pray over the question, how is the new thing God is calling you to a kingdom invest to a kingdom investment you'll find prayer cards at the at on the back of the pews and uh we're asking that you, at this time you pray and write down your response to the question that is on the card you'll see the question it is how is the new thing god is calling you to a kingdom calling you to a kingdom investment uh at the end of the service you're welcome to put the prayer cards on the uh, altar the up here or on the um, communion rail or at the uh, interactive prayer station in the lobby and in, in uh, the chestnut street lobby 
you also should have received by now your 2024 estimate of giving. This estimate helps us better prepare for 2024 and marks your commitment to the church for the coming year. If you've not received that card or have questions, please contact the church office or a staff member. And I hope you are praying about how you are being led to live into discipleship for the coming year, not only in giving, but in all aspects of discipleship. You may turn your cards into the church office or through the offering plate anytime this month. Please return your commitment card in by the end of the month so the uh, finance committee can have an idea of what is being pledged for the next year. And I, I turn my pledge card in each year, and it's not only, like it says, it's not only for uh, the church to know what's, what you're pledging, but it's a commitment that I'm making and holding me accountable for the next year in my gifts to the church. Thank you. All right, if you would stand up and worship with us this morning.
may be seated. And now we worship God with our morning offering. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your presence with us and this opportunity to bow before you. I give thanks for all who support ministry here, for the gifts they give in person and online, and for all they give with their prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. I'm thankful for the investment made in your kingdom. God, I not only give you thanks for these gifts, but I give thanks for all the gifts that you give us in our lives. I just pray that your forgiveness continue to be with us, that you help us grow as your disciples and help you trust us more. Be with those situations that we name in our heart before you. You know those needs. You know the needs in our lives and our friends and neighbors and our nation and our world. And we especially lift up to you our world and the Middle East and Israel. We pray your presence and peace. This we ask in the name of Christ. Amen.
Uh, I'd like to just make a few statements about our Ladle of Love uh, Soup Kitchen project that we have had ongoing since around 2009. Uh, this was first established through the efforts of Pat and Stan Walker. And it has progressed. Uh, I became involved a couple of years um, before COVID. Uh, we were very fortunate to be able to provide uh, a meal uh, every Friday here at the church upstairs. And uh, it was wonderful uh, meeting the people that, you know, coming in. Uh, some, some are people that are down on their luck, homeless. We provided a, a free meal, a pleasant atmosphere for them. Um, and it was uh, very worthwhile. I thoroughly enjoyed that. But, you know, things happen. And after COVID, we had to make changes and provide a sack lunch. Um, you know, outside, and we have just, you know, continued with that project. But many people are still thrilled to come by. They're very grateful. They're often telling us how much they appreciate our efforts, and I hope that we will be able to continue to do this. There are some wonderful people that participate with the soup kitchen every Friday, and um, just wonderful people. And it's been a delight to meet the others, you know, that, that come through and partake of our, of our meals. I've actually been encouraged by our preachers to take on new roles. Um, through them, they guided me, and they said that I, I was the person they wanted to take on a job. I wondered if they'd made a mistake, but through prayer and their guidance, I was able to succeed in the missions that they had set forth for me. Not just being a chaperone, full-fledged leading the youth after several years of being a backseat parent. Here we go again. Typically when a child is young, that's when we like to have them in children's church and we love to build relationships and foundational relationships with them. We love to expose them to lots of stories and truths that we can share with them as they grow older and that way they've developed a firm foundation in the love of God. So one of the ways God's uh, challenging me to do new things is working with our Board of Stewards group here. That's the group that works to sort of help the church uh, operate. So I've been working to do some new things, to bring some new energy, some new perspectives to that group. And I'm excited about the things we've been able to do to, to streamline those efforts and make it uh, exciting and to help bring uh, a new group of leaders to, uh, to help solve these important challenges we have in our church.
Children, you're dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine. So this is our fourth week in uh, generosity emphasis. But really, I think it's a fourth week in a journey with the prophet Isaiah. We're looking at, at Old Testament prophecy through a snapshot of what Isaiah had to say. And while there is, is judgment and law, there is also an underlying message of God wanting what's best for his children. And sometimes that is difficulty, and sometimes that is coming home, and there is challenge, and ultimately it was realized in sending his son, Jesus Christ. So if you have not been with us the past four weeks, just to summarize some of the themes that we've looked at. Hope, do not fear. God's presence with us when we step forward in faith. Do not fear, I am with you. And then we looked at witness. God called his children to be witnesses, or they would be witnesses for what he would do by saving them, by bringing them back from captivity. We are called to be witnesses likewise. And today we look at the theme of investment. At your pew... Behind uh, the offering envelope holders at each end of your pew, you will find a card. And on that card, it says, How is the new thing God is calling you to a kingdom investment? You're invited to hold that question in your thoughts and prayers and heart as we look to God's word and explore his word today. You can respond Place it on the communion uh, rail at the end of the service or at the interactive prayer station in the Chestnut Street lobby. I invite you now to take your Bibles and turn to the 43rd chapter of Isaiah. Today we're going to be looking at verses 14 through 21 and that includes our verse of emphasis number 19. Hear God's word. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send you to Babylon and break down the bars, and the shouting of the Chaldeans will be turned to lamentation. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse and army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we are thankful that you invite us not to look back, but to look forward in faith. And as we go to your word today, God, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. 
Amen. So these are very inspiring words for the prophet. That's what he's saying. Look forward, don't look back. There's about to be a new thing. God would create a new exodus for his people from Babylon. He is going to make a new path, a new way in the wilderness. The Babylonians will be snuffed out like a candle wick to be no more. I'm sure those hearing it were very excited. This, this continues to be a word of hope. But did you realize that most of those hearing this message from the prophet would not be alive to see it fulfilled? Isaiah was a long-tenured prophet. The span of his prophecy was many years. In fact, scholars say that Isaiah, the book of Isaiah can be divided into three different sections. First Isaiah is where Isaiah brings a word of judgment. The people have strayed and now it is time for them to be refined. They are paying the consequences of their straying. And then second Isaiah happens to be the most hope-filled and that is where the scripture reading for today comes from. Isaiah is saying that while you will be carried away to, to judgment and carried away by the Babylonians, eventually the Babylonians will be crushed. They will be destroyed and you will have the opportunity to return home. Third Isaiah is the returning home part. So you see in, in all this, across the generations, there were those listening to the message from the prophet that never would see the return. They had heard the message, they knew captivity, and would not know the new path, the new beginning that God was about to do. What Isaiah was doing was giving a message of hope, not only to encourage those listening, but to encourage those who would come. This was an investment in the future causing those listening to have forward thinking, to think about what was to come. When we think about the word investment, we often think about money. Oxford Dictionary defines investment as the action or process of investing money for profit or material result in future gain. This is when we take an asset and we leverage it for the future. We often think of investment like invest in the stock market, invest in real estate, invest in 401ks. That is what we think about when it comes to investment. But I challenge you to consider how investment is much broader than that. Isaiah invested with hope and we are invited to invest with our whole selves. We are invited to invest with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness unto the Lord. We need to think about the future just as Isaiah was giving a message of, of the future. That's what Isaiah was doing. Isaiah was looking to the future, encouraging people with a word of hope, planning for the future, forward-looking, thinking about what was yet to come. So you see, investment's not just about resources, it is about 
what we give to God and God can use in the future to build his kingdom. Jesus talked a little bit about investments. Now, at first glance, the story he talked about would seem to be about money. But it is really about investing with our whole being. He told a parable about a landowner who went on a journey. And he gave his servants different amounts of money according to their ability. The one who was very able, he gave a, a larger amount of money. And that servant took the money, he traded it, he was very shrewd, and was able to double what he was given. The next servant, who wasn't as capable, he gave a little bit less amount of money, but this servant was still very shrewd. And the servant took the money, traded it, and made double the amount of money. But there was one servant, the servant who had the, the least ability, got the least amount of money, and what did he do with the money that he was given? He hid it away. You can read this story in Matthew 25. He hid it away. And when the landowner came back, the landowner was very disappointed. In fact, he punished the servant. He said, at least you could have put it in a savings account and I could have gotten a little bit back. This story reminds us that we are not to hide away our gifts, but we are to invest them for the future. Investment is what happens any time we live into our membership vows. In discipleship, we are reaping for the harvest. We are growing the kingdom. We are taking a step toward the future. There is a present component of investing as we get to see the good in the current moment. But it's also, just like any investment, it's future-oriented. We trust God for the increase, and we trust for what is yet to come. We trust the good things that will be. Two weeks ago, I reminded you of the definition of faith from Hebrews. Hebrews 11.1, 1. it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. With faith, there is a future component, and that is what we're hoping toward, we're hoping for. Investment is part of the faith equation. When we invest, we're looking for a greater return. We desire a return on investment, whether that be through our gifts, through our resources, however we invest. And when we put our investment in God's hands, God is able to do more than we are ever capable of doing. God makes a way for future generations. I once heard a story about a grandfather who took his grandson out to the orchard and they were going to plant nut trees. And they were out there planting and the little boy got very excited. He said, oh, I'm about to eat pecans. And the grandfather said, oh, hold on. No, you're not about to eat, eat pecans. It's going to take about 15 years for these pecans to mature and you to have nuts. So the little boy got excited again and he started doing the math and he said, Guess what? I will be 25 years old when I am able to eat pecans. And the grandfather said, yes, yes. And maybe one day beyond that, you will have children of your own who can eat these too. You'll get to enjoy these. And then the little boy started doing more math, and he got quiet. And the grandfather realized what was going on. See, the grandson did the math and realized that the grandfather would be near 90. 
and he may not be around to eat the nuts, to eat the pecans. And so the grandfather, sensing what was going on, looked at his grandson and said, you know, yeah, I may not be around to eat these. And, and the grandson said, well, why are you planting them? And to this the grandfather said, so that one day you might have pecans. Our investments are not just about ourselves, but it's about the growth that is yet to come. So that future generations may know about Jesus. Your commitment to pray for the church today could yield fruit for the future. Your commitment to show up to worship today encourages children, encourages youth, connects with the body of Christ that's larger than we are and makes a difference for tomorrow. Your ability to serve might impact a life and that life impacted it might be an eternal difference in that person's life or it might have an ongoing impact that we may not realize. The gifts that you put in the offering plate today may be the investment for the church of tomorrow. And the witness that you make today, again, might be an eternal difference in someone's life. It might mean the difference of their relationship with Jesus Christ. So you see, how we invest today yields results in the future. Now, Rob and I were very blessed to grow up in, in churches that loved us when we were children. But you know what? We reaped from those churches and we moved on. Neither one of us are part of the churches that we grew up in. And now someone else is sustaining those. We became part of churches when I entered the appointment system and when I was a youth director. And we invested in those for a short time. And we, we moved on. We didn't get to see what we planted, but we moved to another church. Eventually, I, I will move on. I will not be your pastor forever. But we've made the commitment to invest here because we believe that it's not just about what happens to us here, but it's about future ministry and what is happening in the kingdom of God. I think about my daughters and the church they were baptized in, the church that they went to vacation Bible school and youth group and fall festivals and all those fun things. We're not a part of those churches anymore, but they're a part of our lives. And my daughters are the people that they are because people invested in them. And we are blessed. Kingdom investment goes well beyond us to make a difference in the future church. And that's why it is important that we invest in our membership vows. So for me, the answer for the question of the week, how is the new thing God is calling you to a kingdom investment probably has something to do with ministers and preachers of the gospel. Anytime that I look at a child and how they are at church, I wonder, is God calling that young man or young woman to ministry? And I, I look for gifts and I try to affirm those gifts every time I see them. So God, I believe, my new thing, my commitment for 2024 
is going to be to work on my personal testimony. I think God is calling me to write it out and be competent and capable to share if the situation ever arises for me to do so. And when, I shouldn't say if, when the situation arises me to do so. And I think as part of that testimony, I need to include why being a minister of the gospel is so wonderful and how God has blessed me. And maybe the opportunity to share that with a young man or young woman will come up. And maybe through my testimony, he or she will hear God's call upon their life. So how is the new thing God is calling you to an investment for the future? What is so fun about that question is you can dream big. It is not limited because we serve an awesome God who is the God of multiplication. This summer I preached a, a sermon on multiplication in the kingdom. And in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus took a few loaves, a few fish, and fed the masses. And there were leftovers. Um, in the story of the parable of the sower, Jesus tells a story about a farmer who planted seed. And the seed that fell on good soil yielded an increase of 30%, 60%, 100%. In God's hands, our investment can be incredible. We do not know the impact that it will make. It can go beyond our wildest imagination. So God can take our little and make much. Dream about what God can do through you and in you. God can take our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and witness when we invest him through him and do amazing thing, things. And for that, I give thanks. And for that, I'm excited about the future of First United Methodist Church. Amen. Let us pray. God, as we bow before you, we give thanks for all those who invested in this church and invested in us to make us the people you have called us to be. And we just ask that you continue to use this church and use your people to make a difference in the kingdom of God. Bless us so that we might be a witness for you in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.
need in your life or uh, feel God calling you to unite with First United Methodist Church either by baptism or profession of faith or transfer of membership I'm available after the church service to, to talk with you and now receive the benediction may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace amen go in peace